Hello, and welcome back to the Patrick Screen Tea Podcast. Um, this weekend we have a double feature, uh, two episodes in one weekend. I had a lot of free time, so I wanted to pump out another episode, um, and this was a short one, so it was pretty easy. Um, I'm actually sober for this podcast, but the story of the night was too good to not talk about, so I wanted to record in the moment. Um, and the rest is pretty straightforward. I don't have much else to say, um, but the podcast speaks for itself. Have a good listen, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello. I'm coming to you from uh, Central Park, some, right outside Summer Stage. And I don't know how close to hold the mic to my mouth. Uh, I'm going to test it real quick just to see if this is good enough. Uh, try not to, pop, to talk straight into the mic, not to do any popping, but I'm going to pause right here. All right, I'm back. Um, so I don't even know where to begin. I'll be I'll do like a chron- chronology of the night and then I'll get into it. Uh, so I started today. I went to <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have some music in the background. I don't know if that's gonna be too much. Maybe I'll stay a little bit away from it. Um, because there's a little band playing outside. So I just saw a uh, Phil Lesh and Friends, well, kinda. I kinda saw a Phil Lesh and Friends concert. Um, I went, because I had classes today. I go to school. Um, I had like a long late class that was annoying. I couldn't get out of because it was the first day of that class. So I had to kind of endure it. Um, But, I don't want to walk too like far from people. Um, so earlier I had a uh, that class. <laughs> Sorry, it's weird being in public. Um, so I'm not not high right now, but I, I thought I don't know if I said this already. I thought that uh, the the story the night the story of the night would be interesting enough to make into a podcast. Um, so oh my god. I should just open with that. What happened was that I had a false opening, so I had to like redo this. I'm all scatterbrained right now. So back to the actual freaking story of the day. See, I can't even keep a straight story without a, uh, being sober. Um, so I had a normal day, except it was you know classes, late classes, which was nice. Uh, except you know during a day when there was a concert. So I had to freaking haul ass. As soon as the the uh, class was done, get to the my dorm, get rid of my backpack, run to the subway, and uh, take it up to Central Park. Freaking book it up to Summer Stage. By that point, it was like three hours and man, around three hours into the show. So I thought they were gonna end, but they didn't. Luckily, it went to like ten. Um, so they're playing like four hours, which is crazy. It's like. But it was definitely like fortunate for me. Uh, I missed. Apparently, it was a fucking insane show too. Like uh, they played Peggy O and Unbroken Chain, and uh, what else did I miss? A bird song. Uh, those are the ones that stood out, according to the guy that I, one of the guys I met. Um, he, like the way he talked about Peggy O, he just like, it must have been insane. Um, he said, I'm Broken Chain, too. He said it was one of his friend's favorite songs. 
and they played uh, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall by Bob Dylan which I got to hear but like I don't know the song and I've never heard it before but apparently someone there was someone in the crowd that uh like was asking for a Bob Dylan song one of the, the an acquaintance of the guy I met to that one of the guys I met tonight really wanted to hear a Bob Dylan song and he got his wish so that was cool and I got my wish I finally got my Scarlet Fire Scarlet Begonias and uh, Fire on the Mountain it was because I, I was all last tour dead and company um waiting to get my like hear those songs live never did and I finally did tonight and that was really good because uh Nikki Bloom was singing uh Fire on the Mountain and she did it so freaking sex like in a like sexy way and like it's totally different than uh anything I've heard like I can't describe it's like she goes on the last part of the beat she's like it's like dude like long distance I can't even freaking <laughs> do it over just audio but like I'm definitely going to take inspiration from that because it was so good and f like funky and like jazzy and sexy and like totally different because I really liked Dead and Company when they did the second night of Lockin um, they played it really peppy which they never did before and that was freaking great and that's that was like right up my alley because I love uh, when they do their songs upbeat because like Dead Company especially rarely does, but like this is different. Like this was, this was like a purple song for like the the synesthesia, uh, the synesthetics out there who like uh, see color in music. Like it was it was very purple, like a bluish, like a dark color tonight. Um, usually it was like a red. It's like a red or like a something. I don't know. But so I got here after booking it. I got through, I, I uh, started, when I was running up here, they uh, played West LA Fadeaway. Like, I, I ran up in the middle of that song, and uh, I was grooving to that when I was freaking running, but uh, I might just have another story. I, uh, I'll save it for another time. When I walked into a concert on Bertha, and they started playing Bertha, and that was amazing. But, uh, you know, I can't, I can't ever be, like, disappointed or freaking upset when I hear a good song either even if i'm in the middle of it like even the songs i did here like that was enough like i had a really good night but it was made even better by the afterwards so like i went to a random spot on the lawn as close as i could to the uh summer stage let me make sure i'm still recording we're good um all right i wanted to get you know close to summer stage outside i didn't have tickets obviously because i missed like three quarters of the concert i wasn't going to get any plus like i already have bob weir tickets um He's touring in like an acoustic thing with a trio, so I can't miss that because that's like really special. I don't know. You know, Terrapin Family Band is really special too, in a, in a different way. I definitely want to check them out more. I saw them twice. This is the second year I've been back to this uh, venue. Um, very different experience, but this this night I uh, I don't know. I'll get back to the story. So, I sat, I got as close as I could to like the, I guess the, as close as I could to the stage without actually like being past the gates and stuff and the security was all standing around. So like, you know, but I could, I could still see the backs of the heads of some people inside. So that was kind of cool. And I could see the lights and like, even though it was kind of quiet, like you could still hear it. Like you can hear this music in the background. It was basically like a little louder than that, but you know, it was enough. Cause like these fucking songs are amazing. So 
really doesn't matter if you can hear it and you can like and that too I walked in I there were so many more people than I expected I thought I was just it was just me me and like four other people like I underestimated the deadheads like never do never underestimate these guys because they are absolutely insane there were so many people on the lawn even not just have like without having tickets all these people just showed up to listen to the music it was so good that that like reminded me why I love this community so much um if I had to count a hundred, maybe like a hundred people outside, maybe more. It was a lot, um, especially when I was, you know, expecting so few. Um, I don't. I, I hope this music isn't annoying, because I'm like spinning around a lot, and it's like the sound is going to change. Oh God, I'm so sorry. But I hope my the ratio of my voice to the music is uh, better or is good. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, trying to think of where I was in the story okay so I walk I found a spot I was jamming out and then there's a guy next to me you know there's there's a few people next to me usually what I do I you know like start a conversation uh you just talk about you know this the uh freaking concert like you know a human <laughs> just but uh because like even though these people are so nice like like the deadheads are so nice I just I have a hard time uh starting conversations just a personal thing so I ended up uh asking because I after what was it uh it was a good song oh it was a song I liked too I don't know why I didn't remember it it was after West LA and before Scarlet Begonias I'm gonna freaking what was it it was good ah Oh my god. Alright, this sucks. I don't know if... I'm trying to think of the style and maybe that will help me. Oh, it was in... B no. Uh, Sugar Magnolia. That's what it was. That's why I didn't remember it because it's like, you know... <laughs> it's a pretty popular song of theirs. Um, it was good, you know. Sugar Magnolia. And I was like jamming out. And while I was jamming, I was trying to figure out, you know, the chords and the feel of the song. Because I, I don't practice it that much. Because it's a little too complicated and not really worth it. Because it's kind of a poppy song. Um, it was like some like some like terrapins, like complicated but like worth it because it has so much depth. And Sugar Magnolia is just like I mean, not not to shit on Sugar Magnolia, but I don't know. Ever since uh, my ex girlfriend's freaking mom said like she didn't like Sugar Magnolia, I totally understand why. Because like she actually toured with them and they play it so much that I can I can imagine that it would just get old after a while. That's what happened to me with Tennessee Jed. Anyway, I was listening to Sugar Magnolia jamming to that and then I heard um what was I heard a little bit of Scarlet Begonias but what what did I hear was it the do 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 maybe that yeah I think because like at the end of Sugar Magnolia they did uh at the end of Sunshine Daydream which is like the end block of Sugar Magnolia which says sometimes at the dead the Grateful Dead concerts they would like split it or it's like Sugar Magnolia another song and then the end of Sugar Magnolia, Sunshine Daydream would come on, which is kind of cool. But uh, this time they played it all together. And then the end of Sugar Magnolia, they did the really like funky laid back thing, which is not Sugar Magnolia at all. Sugar Magnolia is like upbeat, like love pop song. And it was weird. It went to this groove. And then like, I didn't realize it was a transition immediately until I heard that do, 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 or whatever the freaking line from Scarlet Begonias was. And like, 
when I heard it, I was like, wait a second, you know, this is a transition. And when I realized that and started listening more, it just kept coming, that line, I knew. It was like, oh, we got, we got struggle going, coming up. And that was like my end to the conversation. So I'm like, because <laughs> usually when I predict the songs, because I listen to them so much, like obviously not as much as like a lot of people, but I freaking, I listen to the songs enough where it's like, I, I, I can accidentally recognize stuff that I like, I, I could surprise myself, which is like definitely good enough uh, for me in terms of like skill. I don't know. But anyway, so I heard that and I was like, did they play Scarlet Begonias uh, yet? He was like, no, not yet. I was like, I, I, feel, I feel it's coming up. You know, <laughs> not not really to impress him, partly, like mostly to start just con- start conversation. That was like a, you know, it was like 20, 10, 20 slash 10% to impress because <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't really about that. It, it was it was very, very uh, largely about, um, uh, I can't, I can't remember what I was saying. See, it, I told you, I'm like, I'm, I'm not that much different sober, but, uh. Summer stage is open right now, and there's no gates. I don't know if they tore down yet, but it's open. Walking by it, I'm getting flashbacks. Oh my god! To uh, last year. All right, I, I gotta get away from flashbacks. I don't want to mill around that. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just like doing a podcast. Um. Anyway probably so frustrating um after i told the guy that they actually played it and it was good scarlet begonia is my first one i wasn't as like excited about it as i like would be if i saw it at an actual show or if i was actually inside because i've been chasing it so much you know that was what i was chasing all last dead and company tour didn't get it so you know i got it and it wasn't like it wasn't like an amazing way to get it so I was like eh. I wasn't I wasn't like disappointed but I was just like not super you know pumped but then uh the guy talked to me back he's just like it'd be really cool if they played fire and that was like you know the connection we had a conversation going <laughs> just freaking breaking down like social uh conventions it's so like strange I don't know my room my sweet mate my whatever and I are like talking a lot about social conventions and like conversations, so it's been kind of natural to me lately. It doesn't feel as weird. Um, but anyway, they actually did do fire, and he was like, "Oh!" And so we were like looking at each other, like, "There you go." And uh, it was like I said, freaking totally different and really cool. And I want to listen to it again because it was very, very inspirational. Nikki did a really good job. Um, I think like. I would change it up a little bit because like I don't know after a while it was kind of weird to go to come in at the last part of the beat every single time for every single line I don't know I feel like there's some work to be done there like in terms of me doing it uh, like a unique way to me but I don't know and I, I like every single song I was like playing so I was basically doing scat partially kind of out loud partially in my head and I was thinking maybe I, I could do scat while I perform um that could be like a cool unique thing like in the park or whatever 
and that could be like I don't want to make it my thing because like I don't I, I would rather learn the actual solos but that could like set me apart and like get me uh, notoriety slash recognition get me into the whole community which is kind of a goal not like a huge goal but see I, I'm not like so totally upset at myself for going on these tangents because they're you know interesting um and the story isn't really that important i'll get to it eventually like the momentum's building towards the end of the story and we're doing content is this how a normal podcast works i don't know whatever see like <laughs> I, I swear i'm not even high and this is just me um i don't feel as frantic about like on the ta- on, ta- on the tangents i don't know anyway we uh Uh, long pause radio silence what would okay I don't know where, where where do we go from there okay Scarlet Fire into something but you know I, like, I was okay I shouldn't have just I shouldn't have interrupted myself so we were, I was scat singing and it, that was cool usually I do that when I listen to the songs live and stuff like a Dead and Company I'll sing and then I'll like t- tonight I was like catch I was sort of catching the harmonies as they would come out like I, I could hear all like separate out in my head all the uh different harmonies that people are singing and for whatever reason like a lot of the harmonies that i didn't even know were in these songs came out to me like uh, uh sugar magnolia a lot no not sugar i mean maybe maybe that song but a lot in Scar- scarlet begonias it was like i could hear like all four parts and usually it's like two that i hear so it was cool something it was like the the second from the bottom harmony See, I don't even know musical terms, so I can't, like, describe it. But the second from the bottom stuck, and it was, like, a lot louder than normal. Plus, like, the guy's voice or whatever separated from the rest. Um, like, a lot better than normal, I guess, with the the way the, you know, Grateful Dead was, like, set up. So, uh, I heard, I heard his, and I, w- I was, like, singing along to that. And, like, as I was singing along, my voice would go to whatever, like, stuck out to me the most. That was kind of cool. I was like accidentally catching these harmonies. I do mean like it felt like catching, like like they were all laid out for me, separated out for me, and I was like riding them, you know, as I came by, which is really cool. I really like the whole way music works. And like I said, I could write like a whole paper on music, and I probably will at some point. Definitely want to. Um, all right. So I was doing that, and the end of the show. Um, Ended up talking to the guys, kept talking to them. Because usually I, I like, uh, my whole thing is I really like meeting people at these shows because they're always super nice. And also, I like hearing their stories about, like, touring with the dead and stuff, especially, like, the older guys or the gals. They have some really cool stories that I love, love hearing. So, these guys ended up talking to me a bunch. And it was cool because one of them, the guy that I was talking to, um like mainly talking to was uh, maybe I shouldn't give out his identity on the podcast <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I just popped the mic there uh, but he I don't know if he lives downtown or what but he fuck I don't remember what he said he lives in Manhattan but when I asked him where they were from his, his other friend responded uh, Bill his name was David and this guy's name was Bill. I just found a penny on the ground, but it's not the right side up. I'm kick it. Um, 
So I asked, uh, so I asked both of them where they were from, and then like he didn't hear me. So Bill chimed in. He's just like, "Oh, I'm from, uh, I don't know what." He said some county, which is the county where, uh, uh, blah 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 blah, Capitol Theater is in, which is Port Chester, which is something. I don't know the name of the county, but Port Chester, whatever county's that in, county that's in. Um, so that was cool. This guy was from, you know, Manhattan. So I was like, "Oh shit." So I, I talked to both of them about their stories. The, the Bill guy, because uh, David was kind of... I mean, they were both pretty zooted. And Bill was like... Uh, not Bill. David was very high energy. <laughs> he was... Uh, but, like, he, he, was, he was talking to some... He was doing something else. So, like, me and Bill... Uh, Bill and I got to talk a lot. Um, and he was cool. He was, like, a lot more mellow. They are both, like... I don't know, zooted's kind of a stupid word. They're, they're whatever. I say zooted because I don't, because they drank and smoked probably. Um, what, zooted, I don't know. Zooted's probably going to go out of, like, style real soon. Probably already did. <laughs> I don't know. I like the word. It's a love-hate relationship. Anyway, Bill was talking about his life because I asked him a bunch of questions about, like, uh, what bands he saw and stuff. Turns out he went to Watkins Glen, which was where uh, Allman Brothers, the band, and the Grateful Dead all played together. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He introduced like, oh yeah, I went to a concert where, you know, all those guys played together. It was Watkins Glen. And like, I was, I was freaking in my head, I was, my mind was blown because, okay, maybe that's an overused phrase too. Anyway, like, I was impressed because I love that I still remember the first time I heard that show. You know, I was I accidentally came across a random show. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." It has a lot of good reviews from 1973. Pretty sure it was. Uh, I, I was coming home in the train once. I wanted to go early 70s. So I was like, 73. I saw this thing with like a huge load of uh, reviews. This show. So I was like, "All right, this is probably good." I didn't realize that what it was until like I heard like four guitars, three guitars at the same time. I was listening to "Not Fade Away." And then it turned out that, like, I looked it up, I'm like, what? This is insane. It turned out that Allman Brothers were playing with the Grateful Dead. I, I guess the band was there too, um, which is nuts. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. But uh, so he said he was at that Watkins Glen. Make sure I'm still recording. We're good. 22 minutes, not bad. Um. So. I'm so. What did I? What did the blah? I don't know where to go. Not that, okay. He went, he went to Watkins Glen. So he's also talking about how he went to a bunch of different, the Vibes. It's not called the Vibes, it's called something else. It's like catching the Vibes, something, something, something. It's like three words and the Vibes. I don't remember what it's called. Um, and he and his friend, like, his, his friend David chimed in then. I'm, I, I really hope I'm not getting his name wrong, <laughs> but I know I'm not getting Bill's name wrong. But they uh, talking about all their stories. He said that Bill said that. Uh, uh, see, I'm, I already lost some of the stuff. Um, man, I don't know because they're like life stories were a lot more interesting than their music stories. So I guess I'll just go to that. So Bill said that. Um, I forgot. He said something else. He said some story, and ah, uh, it involves some guy that I, I, I keep 
getting like a half memory, but I don't know what the content of the memory was. I'll just move on then. No, but I don't want to. What? What was I missing? He's okay. He said he saw. I asked where he got his shirt. All right, that's something. His, he had a shirt where it was like you know the speakers of the TV or maybe it was just speakers and a guy sitting in a chair with a scarf or whatever uh, flying back. It's like a really famous image of uh, a guy sitting in his chair looking at his TV from like it's like a side shot and he's like being blown away by the speaker and it's like his chair is lifting up slightly. I, it's a really iconic picture. I'm sure a lot of you know what it is. Anyway, uh, he had that, but he was like a pot of roses or something that was like tipping over that was the tv slash speakers and like the per- it was like a basket or something instead of a chair basket and uh the person sitting in it was a skeleton and there was like a bunch of roses being thrown at him i thought that was fucking badass it was a cool cool shirt and i asked where he got it because like you know i was interested like you know with, with, with these shirts like because a lot of them are so old you can't get them and, like, part of me wanted to get something like that. Like, I didn't know if there was a shop or something. But, like, as soon as I asked the question, where'd you get that shirt? I realized it was probably from, like, a, a tour from, like, 1980s, 1970s that I could never find again, you know. Um, but he said he, he got it from, as, you know, that it usually goes. He got it from a show from East Rutherford, New Jersey. And he was confused whether it was... Uh, um, Giant Stadium or the other stadium that I don't remember, but he said like he he knows that they played a lot in Giant Stadium, but he had a he had a, he didn't remember it being in Giant Stadium. He said apparently they shared a parking lot, but he he was like okay yeah for sure uh, they played at this other stadium whatever it was, and uh, he said that eventually in the 90s they they only played Giant Stadium in the summer because because my dad saw them at uh, Giant Stadium once in 1990 <laughs> something three or five I don't remember but uh, anyway so he said he got it there and that was like a cool conversation and he was talking about all these little stories he had uh, freak I wish I remembered them more because they were cool so, like it was cool stories about like him and his friends you know oh he went he said he went to Canada he went to Ontario and um uh, he said he, they, it was on a bad premise. That's what he said. That was like his words. Um, they wanted to g- drive up, see the show, and then drive back. Uh, and they realized like after the show they couldn't. They passed out on the way back. They tried driving again. They passed out. So, you know, he said it was a stupid idea, but at least he saw the show. I, I said, like, you know, man, at least, at least saw the show. And he was like, yeah, but, uh, but, uh. So that was interesting and like just the, the way these guys like talk about their stories it's so interesting I, I don't want to say guys because it's like I mean it like gender inclusively I actually mean it like you know uh, for both but I don't I, I don't want to like perpetuate some yeah I hate that word I don't want to accidentally uh, perpetuate something because, like, apparently there's a stereotype that deadheads are guys. And, I'm like, I come from the perspective that, like, obviously it's both. But it might not be as obvious to a, a listener. So I don't want to accidentally, like, uh, you know, make a stereotype by, by using, like, guys, you know. So, 
it's both both guys and girls the stereotype is incorrect like both guys and girls are deadheads maybe there's more guys than girls but like you re- there's really not much of a disparity or maybe that maybe there is but like it's like in my mind there isn't because i i started with you know two female deadheads but anyway uh these their the deadhead stories are just so the way they tell them it's like you can t- you can see the nostalgia and like their tone of voice and like they smile every time they bring it up it's like it definitely brought them a lot of memories so I, I, that's why part of the reason why I, I love uh hearing their stories is to see their reactions to it i guess um i mean i, I didn't even consciously realize that but like it is a big part of it um anyway so he was uh talking about that and his friend chimed in because they went to a bunch of uh i don't want to say chimed in. He, he like started talking to us and because they, they were both friends for since 1993 i'm pretty sure either that 94 but i'm pretty sure it's 93 and like they got into a whole like discussion about uh because bill remembered how they met playing ultimate uh frisbee and the guy was like i don't like he was like, oh, David doesn't remember this, but uh, definitely, like, um, it, uh, what? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, David doesn't remember this, but I do. And then he, as he was telling the story of how they met, like, playing pickup Ultimate Frisbee at night, David was like, yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> but it seemed interesting. That's how they met. Um, and Bill... And David were both talking about that. Well, I don't know. And then they, they both talked about the shows they went to together. And David was talking about how, like, all, all these... David's stories were really cool. Because, like I said, he was really high energy and he talked really fast. Um, and it was interesting because, like, he had he was really smart. And uh, it was a good way to talk. Because I talk, I talk, like, medium speed. But, like, he talked really fast because his stories... And even though he talked fast, they were super long, his stories... But they were like so dense still like every sentence was like really interesting um so like if he didn't talk fast if he had like a medium or slow pace it would take forever so i guess uh that's how he developed like that's his method i don't know um i'll get i'll get to something later the moth later like really soon but um it's really interesting how like the pace of your voice the the, the speed of your voice can also the way you need to pace your stories i guess because like me i i I, my approach to telling stories has been cutting out details um and that's like not great because you know then you lose valuable stuff that needs to be documented um and it's like you know even time can just make you forget uh the details of a story anyway so like there's already stuff being lost you know if you're trying to preserve the essence of a story, right? Not the essence, like the actual, like, fa- details of a story, the facts of a story, you want to remember as much as possible. You want to document as much as possible. Um, and so my method isn't great. But, all right, so to, I'll just say tonight I haven't been losing that many uh, details. Like, it's been pretty... Actually, I have, but like the 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 important things that stuck out to me are still there. I'm pretty happy with where I am right now, in terms of the uh, stuff I've been saying. Anyway, uh, blah blah blah. I'm I don't know if you can hear the leaves crunching underneath my feet. I'm sorry about that. I've been walking in a circle around the entrance of the summer stage this whole time. Anyway, 
Uh, see, look, every time I come back to the actual story, I'm like real happy because uh, I didn't I didn't stray too far with my tangents, and I know exactly where I have to be, which is good because I guess it makes me like realize that I could do podcasting sober, and it's kind of like practicing with a. Uh... All right, I'm just gonna ignore that tangent. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry if I popped the mic. Um. Anyway. So, like, like I, my, my thoughts are, like, cr- as, as fast and as crazy as they are me being uh, sober, as they would be being high. But I have a lot more control over it. I don't I don't feel like the thoughts are as slippery as they would be um, inebriated. Like, I have a lot more. Like, I don't feel like I go as far enough. I, I probably go the same distance away from the original story with my tangents. But, like, I, I'm able to recognize the actual main plot a lot more clearly. Uh so that's good in terms of podcasting. In terms of like interesting stuff, maybe different. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he was talking about. He started talking about something. There was something in between. Uh, oh, the moth. Right. He was saying that he went to some theater show. I forgot what it was about because I was semi zoning out. Not not totally zoning out, but I think I was thinking about something to say or like thinking about processing what. One of them said when he was talking about it. Um, I did that a few times, which I wasn't really proud of towards the end of the night. Um, not enough to lose total, like, essences of stories, but definitely details I missed. Like, he, he saw this play yesterday that was really interesting from what it sounded like, but I missed what it was actually about. So, I guess that's not my own fault, but uh, I should be more aware of it in the moment, but... I don't know. That's a improvement I should make in the future. Can't really change it. So he was saying that he saw the show, and it, like I said, like I said, it sounded really interesting. So I was like, okay, this uh, this guy's cool. He appreciates like g- cool, like uh, interesting uh, themes, interesting whatever. And I thought that like that was another connection I made with him. So I was like, oh, I see a lot of myself in this guy. Especially the way he, he was like able to master storytelling. That's a perfect segue. He was talking about... Uh, while he was talking about the theater thing. Or maybe a little bit after. He said that... He was formulating... He's like, I, I have this music story that you guys would really appreciate. But I can't really think of how to present it. And like I knew exactly what he meant. I don't know if Bill knew what he meant. Maybe he did. Because they've been hanging out and knowing each other for decades. But... uh like he it, he was trying to figure out how to order his story um and like he said he mentioned the moth method he's like do you know what the moth method is and I said I don't I'll probably have to look it up later because it sounds really interesting and something I haven't learned yet and I might not but like I, like I might not in school but like I did now and it was like freaking interesting which uh he said the moth method or the moth whatever approach to telling stories is to have an arc with your stories have like a he said they can either have a a theme or an arc it's either that or like they should have a theme and an arc or they should be entertaining something like that but the moth method is a story like for sure having an arc um and he said he couldn't figure out what the arc was and uh I said, like, just tell it how it, like, how it was, whatever, like, just tell it how you remember it, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, 
that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna, that's what it's gonna end up being. Um, but it didn't take him too long before he actually did tell the story, the actually super interesting story, which is like the highlight, which is what I want, what made me want to record a podcast. Uh, oh God, I don't remember the name of the guy. I'm gonna look him up just to make this more. Uh, let's make this better. Can you hear me? Is the sound working? Yep. Okay, we're good. Um, all right, I'm gonna look him up real quick, real quick. I'm also gonna put my charger away. Shoot. All right, one se- second. Um, I'm putting my charger away. Sorry, <laughs> I was using a portable charger on my phone. It was starting to die on me earlier, but now we're good. 11:54. It's late. Oh my god. I'm gonna tell the story and then maybe try to like expedite the rest because this is this is the really interesting part. And I forgot the kind of the rest of the night. Um, but okay. It was the guy. He started the story by saying, you know the guy, you know this guy, you know his name, and he said his name. And I said, I don't. So this guy, this this musician, um, he's like, okay, so this is, uh, I can't, Richie Havens. All right, I found it. Good, good, good. So he said, you know Richie Havens? And I was like, no, I, I, like, I, I actually don't. And he said, uh, so that's how he started the story. He said, so Richie Havens, um, <laughs> I already messed it up. I, I didn't mess it up, but, like, freaking, his pace was, like, so good. And my, I'm not good at pace at all. He had the story, like, really, really solid. Like, his presentation of it was very, very good. He said, uh, I'll, I'll try to veer from the tangents as much as possible and, like, try to say it exactly as he said it. So I, 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 I'm like, I don't know who Richie Havens is. He's like, okay, so Richie Havens is, uh, not partially I have to remember what he, <laughs> who he is. He's, uh, he's like, you know Woodstock? He was the guy, apparently the, the, he was the guy who opened for Woodstock because the band that was supposed to open for Woodstock, uh, was in traffic or something. So they asked Richie Haven, he was supposed to play second, um, but the Woodstock people were like, you have to open. So he did. And he plays this left-handed guitar and then he made the motion of like a left-handed guitar with his thumbs. And he did that too. <laughs> he, uh, David did like the like mimed it out which is funny he's like he plays he plays acoustic guitar um and he, he does all these chords and stuff with his thumb and it's fascinating it sounds really good uh but anyway like i've never heard of him before and i'm really glad that i did because Richie haven seems like you know i definitely want to look him up more apparently he died two years ago but uh anyway so david david said um richie haven's does that and then I think his the next part of his uh, David's story went to him so he's like I, I saw him at the cap cap capital I don't remember if it was at the capital I think it was so I'm just gonna go with that he saw him there once no ah it, I think all right I'm just gonna use it for the for the purposes of this story I'm gonna use, say the capital he said I, I, there was some I don't know the radio radio announcer's name, which is probably something I should have looked up. I mean, I, I can't something I should have remembered rather, but I can't really look it up because Richie Havens like I could I could just look up Woodstock opener, you know. But I, I can't I can't remember this radio announcer's name, so I'm just gonna use radio announcer. Radio announcer uh, was doing this 
free show. I don't know if it was a benefit for someone dying or what, but Richie, Haven, Richie Havens was uh, there. And he heard about that and he wanted to see Richie Havens really bad. So he got off of work and he went there three hours early to see, you know, because he wanted to see Richie Havens really badly. So he was like the 10th person in line. And he was there with his girlfriend and his sister and his <laughs> and his girlfriend's sister. Um, I, I'm laughing because like he was really proud of having that detail in the story and like we'll talk about that later anyway um so he said he ended up getting to the front row of the show and he said like richie havens was like this is from me to that from my bike and which is like uh 15 feet away from him away from us and he said like it was so good and then uh at the end of the show richie havens pulls uh he says that so Richie Havens told the story. So right now, I'm going to tell you a story about David telling a story about Richie Havens. I'm going to be doing an impersonation of David, doing an impersonation of Richard Haynes. Is that a name? Richard, come on. Richie Havens. So, uh, <laughs> this is, so this is from the perspective of Richie Havens. So, I was, uh, it's not important to the story. Nah, never mind. He's, 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 David mentioned that he was like, oh, yeah, he was a big black guy. And I think that's a, that's a, <laughs> the way I presented it was so bad. Like, it, it, paint, it paints an image. He, he's a, I didn't even know, I didn't know what it looks like. So it painted a good image. He's, he's a big black guy. Um, and he's, he died a few years ago. So he was kind of old, I guess, at the time just to paint you an image of what he looked like. Um, and he didn't say it like, <laughs> just, to, just to protect David. He didn't say it like in a racist way or like any sort of way. He was just like, you know, a detail just to paint the picture, which I did so not fluidly, but we're moving on. Freaking this guy. Uh, he said, so I uh, apparently, like, not apparently. Uh, see, this, this is this is a transition where, for a brief moment, I was like, I was either thinking of something or zoning out. So, like, it wasn't as bad as before, but like, I missed the transition, and it was because it was so like radical, him talking about from this guy's perspective. So, th this part's not going to be as fluid; it's kind of chunky. But once we get back into it, it should be fine. So, let's get back to, into it. Uh, so, Richie Havens from his perspective. So, I was. Uh, we had these coffee shops back in the day when uh, we would share uh, musical ideas and different musicians would sort of play lick and you know we, we'd write them down or we, we'd ask the musician the cat he, he said cat a lot he's like oh we'd, we'd ask the cat to write down whatever he wrote whatever he just played and we'd sort of share ideas and uh, so one time I was at a coffee shop and this cat played this thing I liked so I asked them uh, hey can I can I write that down? And he said, yeah. So I wrote this song down and I spent all this time working on it, perfecting it in my own way, which is what musicians, which is what musicians do, I guess. And something I did without even realizing this is, this is Patrick speaking. <laughs> this is me, something I did without even realizing. Um, not really important. So back to Richie Havens. So I, I was, uh, taking all these, uh, I, I saw, I was, Sorry, so I was uh, perfecting this song, making it my own, and then one day this other cat came up to me and he said, "Oh, I like what you're playing. Can I write that down?" So I said, "Yeah," and this cat like made it his own and like 
he made it synonymous with himself. And this song became like completely, um, definitely like his own. And it was t- something totally different from me. So I stopped playing it because it, it like at that point it wasn't even mine anymore. Um, and I'm going to play that song tonight, uh, right now. I haven't played it in so long. I'm, I'm just, I, I just started playing it again. And while Dave, David was saying this, I thought, oh, just like this song. And I didn't realize that he, he was talking about this song. So David said, and then Richie Haven started breaking out into, with, with his left-handed thumbed acoustic guitar, because he always plays acoustic, all along the watchtower. In the most, it, he like, the way he, David presented the story was like, I wish, I, I want to see this recording because, or some sort of, because apparently he did it in such a sultry, like coarse voice that was very different and very unique. Um, and he loved it. David loved it. And I probably would love it too. I definitely want to look this up. But that like, so I, I'm going to keep saying and telling the story how, how David said it. So he said, so afterwards I went out with my, uh, with, I went, you know, I left the venue with my uh, sister, her sister, her, my girlfriend and her girlfriend's sister. You get it. So uh, he said, He's talking to them. He's like, I, I, did you real? Did you hear that story? Did you realize what, you know, what he said? And they're like, no. Or they're like, yeah, I heard it. But like, he, basically, like, he, uh, he, he. This is hard. This is hard to do. Talk from like three different perspectives. Um, David was saying, these, you know, they they didn't really appreciate. He didn't say this, but like basically, they didn't appreciate the fact that like. This was, he did, he did say this, this was like the bridge between Bob Dylan and uh, Jimi Hendrix. Like that's a huge piece of musical history. Um, and like they didn't, they didn't even like realize how important that was. So David said a while later, he ended up going to the same radio announcer's, uh, uh, not benefit. Yeah, I, I, it was a benefit. And uh, he was, volu- David was volunteering at it. It was like a few years later, because um, this show was like 2003, I'm pretty sure. So the benefit was relative to right now, 2018. Like, oh, actually no, I think it was 2012. Um, so like five years ago or so. Uh, he was at this radio announcer's program, and he wasn't sure whether the radio announcer left during the middle of the show or not. So he. Uh, but he wanted to ask, like, he went up to the radio announcer at some point when it was just him and the guy, the announcer, and he said, oh, do you remember that, uh, Richie Havens show? He's like, yeah, I do. And he said, did, did you leave in the middle of it or anything? He's like, no, I didn't. He's like, did you, did you listen to Stairway to Heaven? Not Stairway to Heaven, freaking, uh, All on the Watchtower? He's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, he, he, uh, so he was like, do you realize how, like, important that was? And Richie Havens was just like, yeah, I did. That's uh, I've been telling that story ever since, and uh, so it was funny. David, David said it was funny that like both of them were telling the story for for all those years since, and it became like their own story. And David said, um, uh, he said he told he told the radio announcer, he said, like I I can't believe that I've I've been using radio announcers names story this whole year 
like, I don't know the radio announcer's name, but he, he like, say that the radio announcer's name was, like, Bob Thorne. It wasn't at all. But, like, he said, uh, I've been using Bob Thorne's story all these years. And then the, this radio announcer, he's just like, yeah, but I've been using David whatever's story all these years. So David was just like, this, uh, this announcer was super charming and, like, very personable. Um, and, like, you know... From, from from that detail of his story, you can definitely t- like tell this radio announcer's character um, very generous and everything. And he thought that was really cool. And then like the people around him at this point, because there were like six other volunteers. I'm, I missed the detail in the story. Uh, that doesn't really matter. Eh, kind of does. Not not to the story, but to like the idea of preserving details. When he went up to this radio announcer, he just like, oh, you can see. From, I, I don't really have my name tag on right now, but I have. I don't know what he said what David said, but he said, like, I have an, I, you can tell I'm a volunteer, and I just wanted to talk to you, that's how he approached him, anyway, at the end, all the, there were, like, six other volunteers in the room, in a circle, and they were, like, what is this story that you're talking about, so then, he gave it up to, uh, to this radio announcer to tell the story to everyone, and he did, and that was the end of David's story, right, and, uh, so, we're, 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 right now, this podcast is back in the perspective of just me, and at the, this concert, um, so Bill was like, oh, you should have given it up to, you shouldn't have given it up to him. And he was just like, David was like, yeah, no, you, you I'm not going to upstage this guy. Cause at this point, like it's this radio announcer's freaking venue. He's the one who was running it. So I can't like upstage him there, you know, which I can understand. And we had like a laugh about that. And it was, that was really cool. But then like from that, I'm like, oh my God, all along the watchtower, like that totally my, like, you know, everyone has that moment or like everyone should uh, have that moment where they realize like, oh, all, all along the Watchtower is the Bob Dylan song. And they hear the Bob Dylan version, and it's like totally different. And uh, it's like really cool, right? And that's that's where like David and I were basically like, prior to David's uh, uh, experience to actually hearing the story about, I already forgot his name, Warren Havens? Something Havens. I'm so bad with names. But, uh, he was like, so we were both in this baseline of like having already our mind, our minds blown that like this song was reinterpreted by Jimi Hendrix, um, and like its own thing now. But like that's not how where it started, and the, but then to hear like the bridge between the two guys, like both of us probably we didn't even know there was a bridge between the two, the Bob Dylan and Hendrix. Like everyone assumes that Hendrix sort of like picked it up somewhere, but like that, that that's like a d- definitive link that like. It, it's a big deal, like in terms of music history and in terms of actual history. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how interesting that is to other people, but like, definitely musicians are gonna find that freaking mind blowing. Um, I might not have presented it as, as best I could, but oh my god, I'm definitely gonna look this up, and I'm probably gonna. Rec- I would probably recommend it if I heard this song, because David recommended it. Not to not to listen to it, but he like the way he described it, like. It must have been really something. So I'm going to recommend it. Definitely check out the song. Look it up. If there is even a recording of it available. From uh, this, this Steve. Whatever. Haven's version. Oh my god. Because like, I remember I listened to. Uh, oh. What's his name? I told you I'm bad with names. Some names. Names that are like sort of auxiliary. auxiliary but like once I hear them a bunch and I make them really important like Derek Trucks or Tedeschi Trucks 
like I, I can remember Tedeschi just because I, you know, I've made it so so close to me and like so me. Um, anyway, this I heard a a cover of Black Sabbath's Changes, and my photograph. I'm trying to rely on my photographic memory right now. Um, I can see the guy's face. I don't know how I associate with his face with his first name. I'd probably get his last name immediately. I just need his first name. Odin? No, not Otis. I don't know. If you just look look up Charles Bradley. Ooh, I was just thinking of the word soulful cover, and then like I saw Charles Bradley right there. In my freaking broken photographic memory, <laughs> like that. My memory works occasionally. Like if if you had a really broken lens on a camera and took pictures of stuff, that's how my memory works every once in a while. Not like totally. Like you you can have experiences through like emotions that you remember. Like, memories that you remember through emotions, but sometimes when I'm remembering, like, tests and stuff, I use my, like, broken lens memory. Uh, and that works sometimes in, like, random ways, random links. Anyway, Charles Bradley, yeah, he did a cover of Changes, which is my first introduction to the song, Changes. And it was so good. And, like, it was totally different from the original. I personally like it better because, like, I heard that first, and that's usually how it goes. Unfortunately, sometimes, like the Jimi Hendrix version of uh, All Along the Watchtower, even if you heard a second, I'd imagine it was totally, I don't know, but whatever. Like, I love hearing about songs being reinterpreted and having completely different meanings. And it's definitely, like, I guess subconsciously what I want to try to do. Like, add uh, new meanings to songs. Um, that, that's just me. Uh, David, Bill, and I talked a lot afterwards. Um, it was really cool. Because we ended up uh, learning about, like, I don't know. It was, it was cool to hear the stories just in general, but I don't think any of them stood out. Like, none of them could stand out to that freaking, to that. So, and I also have to head home because it's, like, 12 o'clock. And it's, this is a good podcast length. I think uh, I would do, like, an hour 20 to two hours. Um, there's nothing really important I need to say or do in terms of the podcast but right now I should get home and sleep because I have to get up pretty early and take the subway back which means subway station is going to be emptier as the night goes on it's also a weekday so that's not good I'm in a good part of town though but still um kind of skipped out <laughs> what not being followed so that's good <laughs> Just, Occasionally, like, don't I, I would recommend don't go to Central Park at night alone. I just happened to find a really good spot. And pulling towards the music again. Uh, <coughs> I guess that concludes it. I think it's episode six, maybe five. There's like two people standing around the band right now. Only two. So sad. Maybe I'll go join them. Okay, there's more, there's more than that. I think I'm gonna. Oh, I have to go. I have to go home. Uh, but I want to. One day, one day I'll hang around the late, the late night, freaking dead scene. One day, this isn't freaking time right now. I have to shit so bad. Okay, this is where I leave you. Until next time. Goodbye. Hello. Thanks for listening to the podcast. 
You can find me at Patrick's Green Tea on Patreon, Discord, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, and Bandcamp, Patrick's Green Tea Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Instagram, at Patrick Green Tea without an S on Twitter. You can join our subreddit at r slash Patrick's Green Tea. You can make comments on the website patrickscreentea.com and on YouTube. And you can contact me directly at patrickscreentea at gmail.com. Thank you so much and have a lovely day.